Hi, greetings to you and welcome to SIBKL online service. God bless you for joining us to receive the Word of God today. Now, if you have been following our services, you will know by now that we are covering the letter of Jude. Now, Jude, a short letter of 25 verses, yet there is so much for us to grasp from this letter. There is so much to unpack its compelling reminders for believers to prepare for the end times. Now, last week's sermon, you heard about Jude's purpose in writing this epistle. You know, expressed in verse 3 and 4, reminding believers to earnestly contend for the faith. Against one, against godless men, false teachers and corrupt teachers. So Peter warned that they are coming. Jesus warned about them too. And John warned about them. And Paul warned about them that they are coming. But Jude says they are here. So therefore, Jude's purpose in this letter is to encourage Christians to be alert, be steady, and strong to cut off the rash and carnality in the church. Now, you and I have, to, have no time to be ignorant and uh, compromising our faith, especially in this challenging time. But we have to stand firm in our faith to the very end. So this epistle serves as an important warning to alert us all living in this present day. Now, before we continue to look into the following verses, now let us pray. Father, we are so thankful for today that we can come into your presence to receive your word. Open our hearts, open our mind, even as we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit to teach us your Rema word. I commit the Lord myself to, to you, Holy Spirit, to anoint my lips, even as I speak forth your word clearly for everyone who hears it will be able to apply it for the glory of the Lord. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this morning we will cover verse 5 to 10, but you know, I want us to read uh, just from verse 5 to 7 first, and I will cover the verse 8 to 10 at the second part of the sermon. So I would like to, you to follow me in these uh, uh, verses. Reach, you know, just reach out to your Bible or read from, together with me at the front screen. Verse 5 says, But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, ought to destroy those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. God bless the reading of the word. And I'm going to entitle this sermon today, Warnings to the End Time Church. 
Now, from this passage that we have just read, I'm going to share with you the first part of the three verses on the warnings to the church. Now, what are the warnings? Number one, it says, Beware of false teachers who take the grace of God for granted. Secondly, beware of carnality in the church. And third, beware of blaspheming against God. Now, even as we look at verse 5, it starts with, but I want to remind you. The word but here refers to the subject matter in the preceding verse, which was regarding ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into a license for carnality and immorality. Now, why do they do that? Because they said, God is gracious and merciful for when we sin, you know, we can just take up the license to sin that is available in, you know, in the 1 John 1 9 that says, when we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us all our unrighteousness. So it is fine to sin and seek God's forgiveness and, you know, and sin again and seek God's forgiveness again and again. Now, friends, are you really serious about that thought? Where is the sincerity of repentance? This is a clear insincerity act, taking God's grace for granted. So my friend, please don't do that. This is very dishonoring. Now, these false teachers quoted verses in the Bible that people would like to hear. They feel good when, you know, when they hear such proviso and the hypergrace theology, uh, repent once, all your past, presence, and even future sins are forgiven. You know, no need to repent anymore. Is that the right thing to do? But the Bible also says, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 6, it reminds us and says, those who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance to their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subject Him to public uh, disgrace. So this is wickedness to crucify Jesus again and again for your repeated sins. No, don't do that. Don't treat God's grace as a passport to sin. Have a fear of the Lord in your heart. Honor God, revere Him, for He deserves our best in honoring Him as our Lord. You know, I have a friend who patronized the nightclub regularly before he knew Christ. You know, he loved the nightlife and the worldly desires. After the, his conversion to Christ, he continued his flamboyant lifestyle, and each time he returned home, he would feel a tugging in his heart that would tell that, hey, this lifestyle is not good and uh, you need to stop. He was convicted to pray and ask God for forgiveness. But the next day, he forgot all about what he has confessed and he continued the night lifestyle and he go on, go go again, you know. So one day, as he was about to enter the nightclub, the Holy Spirit convicted his heart and he heard a voice that spoke to him and says, if you go in, I will not go in with you. I will not be with you anymore. Wow, 
he was stunned and he stood there for a moment to decide whether to obey or not to obey God's voice or to continue his sinful lifestyle and says, let us enjoy first for I can repent later. What do you think was his decision that night? Well, thank God, he obeyed the voice and he went home. He was totally a changed man after that encounter with God and he became a soul winner for the Lord. So praise God, my friend did not take the grace of God for granted and he became a changed man that God can use him to become a soul winner. So can I encourage you, beware of these false teachers who tell you to take the grace of God for granted. Now the second warning Jude gave us, beside beware of these false teachers who tell us to take the grace of God for granted, he also warned us against the carnality which is now coming to the church. And here Jude gave three examples of warning from the Old Testament to illustrate the carnality in the end-time church. Number one, Israelites' exodus from Egypt. Secondly, angels' rebellion. And the third example was from Sodom and Gomorrah's unbridled lust. Now let's look at the first point, Israelites' exodus from Egypt. The Israelites, after being delivered from Egypt, they were high spiritually after witnessing the awesome miracles of God, but it was short-lifted. They were set free from slavery, yes, in Egypt, but they failed to trust God. So in the whole journey, they grumbled and they complained, wanting to go back to Egypt. You know, though they were physically free right now from Egypt, but their minds, their heart, they were still very much enslaved by Egypt. In verse 5 that we read says, they once fully knew about how God dealt with Pharaoh. They witnessed the templates that brought Egypt to her knees, but their remembrance has waned. Why? Because there was unbelief. Why? Have you ever wondered why? Having gone through all that, you know, that the great awesome things that God has done, why is there still unbelief? Because there was no personal relationship with God. You know, in Exodus 20 verse 19, he said, the, the Israelites says to Moses, you speak to us, we were listened. But do not let God speak to us lest we die. So their faith lies on the person, Moses, not on God. There was no relationship with God. So my friends, no matter how eloquent or how charismatic is a man of God, he is still a man. You cannot lean your faith on a man. You must have your encounter with God yourself. That is why you build your faith or your belief in God and strengthen your relationship with Him. So Jude warned us, remember what happened to Israel. They 
have God's saving grace, but they were destroyed. Why? Because there was no relationship with God that led to their unbelief. You know, this judgment was mentioned by three separate writers. You know, in Jude 5 that we read, it says, God destroyed those who did not believe. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 13, Paul said, they were destroyed by the destroyer. And thirdly, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 16 to 19 says, Hebrews says especially, you know, specifically, they could not enter in because of unbelief. Now, what a lesson we must learn from here. If three different writers quoted this to warn us that, you know, finally, the Jews perished because of the unbelief, we better take note, Lord. Just like in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 to 8 says, The Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. On the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 days. So my friend, this is a serious reminder. Don't take it lightly, but take your faith in God seriously. Now many of us are facing troubles and trials in this challenging period. You may question where are you God? My friends, whatever you are going through now, do not let unbelief creep in to affect your faith and your trust in God. While you are working on things in your hand, yes, you may find it difficult, but trust God for an opening of new opportunities soon. We are in these 40 days of fasting and praying and join in to fast together. You can decide a fast, one meal a day or two meals a day, or go for deadness fast, that means no meat, or just on liquid for the whole period. The important point here is, I want to encourage you to take God seriously in this period of time. Tell the Lord, yes, Lord, I want to seek your face and I want to listen to your voice. You know, show Him, you know, that He may allow Him to speak to you through the Word. Set a time of devotion as you build your trust in the Lord. The second example of Jude to illustrate carnality in the end-time church is the angels' rebellion. That is, let's look into verse 6 first. And it says, and the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting change under darkness for the judgment of the great day. You know, who are these angels? In the Old Testament, it brings us to Genesis chapter 6, verse 2 and 4. And, and I read here is the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were attractive, but and they took as their wives. The Son of God came in to the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. So the sons of God here, scholars believe that they are fallen angels, that they came to earth, and they mess up with the earthly woman and procreate. Now we, we must think, how is it possible? 
an angel being procreate with an earthly being. Now, we really don't know what happened as to how the spirit being and mankind could work out this way except to know that it was possible then. So from the angel's rebellion, God saw the great wickedness of man and their continuous evil thoughts. This was really disgusting to God's sight. And God sent a great flood and destroyed every living thing on earth except Noah's family was saved. So from these two examples, if God did not spare the angels nor the Israelites in the wilderness, God will also judge the sins of man now and the future. Now, what happened to those who rebel? In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 says, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but He cast them down to hell, and secondly, He delivered them to chains of darkness, and thirdly, He has reserved for judgment on the day of the great white throne judgment. So these are the consequences of rebellion. Though God is gracious, my friend, and you may say that He is kind, but God also punishes when we are rebellious against the order He has set. Now, in my previous church, you know, there was a rebellion against the pastor, and I was drawn to take sides, but I chose to stay loyal to, loyal to submit to God and uh, to the pastor. But those who, you know, who left and uh, rebel against authority, they have lost it. Today, they are just a pale shadow of their past zeal. The anointing has left, and up till today, they are not where they were before. So this lesson that I learned, we must submit. Don't rebel to authority God has given us unless they are immoral and doctrinally wrong. So praise the Lord that I submitted to the voice of God and the leadership then. And today, I'm still serving the Lord with greater fervor and favor. And the third example Jude illustrated of carnality to the end time church is Sodom and Gomorrah unbridled last. The salient sin of these two cities was their indulgence in gross immorality. You see, the men of these cities gave in to the wrong desires that uh, you know, leads them to sexual perversion. And as a result, they went after strange flesh, especially homosexuality. So Jude says, the entire episode of Sodom and Gomorrah's judgment took place so that the world would have a vivid picture of the destruction. Now, when we talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, the first thought that comes to our mind is the whole community will wipe out by fire and brimstone for their deplorable sexual acts against God. So we believe the world has never learned, and at the moment, LGBTQ is such a big issue in the churches today. But we praise God 
for Malaysia, the issue is not legalized in our country, unlike our neighboring countries. But let's continue to pray that this perversion will never be legalized in our land. So in my experience in the deliverance ministry, I came across you know, cases of affected uh, you know, to this uh, uh, pornography, and I see that they are trapped and, uh, you know, and, and cause them to have problems in their relationship with their spouses, their family, and their career also has gone, you know, a good pay, a good position, you know, a, a good job, you know, but they just could not hold on to the job. It also affects their health, their psychic, having, you know, insomnia and depression because the addiction is them up. The lesson here is don't allow sexual immorality to consume you up. You know, many of us think that we, uh, we are in control of, the, you know, of these uh, uh, bad habits. But, you know, the Bible warns us, don't play with sin lest you fall and all you can be consumed up. So, what are the three warnings of end-time church? Beware of carnality in the end-time church. Unbelief. Do not allow unbelief to creep in. Do not submit to rebellion. And do not practice immorality. Now, the third warning from Jude is, Beware of blasphemy against God. Now, we shall read verse Jude verse 8 to 10, and I want you to read together with me, and this is the second portion of the verses that we are covering uh, this morning. And come, let us read together this second part of the verses. Verse 8 says, Yet in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious one, but when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord rebuked you. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. So in these three verses, the word blaspheme is used three times. No, you see, when a word is mentioned three times, clearly it is a very strong message. We must not miss, but we must take it seriously. So Jude is warning that the end-time church not to blaspheme against God. You know, in Mark chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus also warned us and says, whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, and they are guilty of eternal sin. So what does it mean to blaspheme God? Blaspheme is an insult to God or to Christ. So when do we insult God? We insult God when we enter the spiritual world into spiritual warfare that we are not called to do so. Just like here, Jude gave an example, even Archangel Michael 
did not directly confront Satan, but he used the name of God. The Lord rebukes you. So never go into spiritual warfare when God has not called you to do so. Seek God for confirmation if you receive a request to do it, or if you think you are led by the Holy Spirit to contend, you know, you can seek God for the green light to go. Now, once you're very sure of God's approval, then you go in the name of God and at the right time, and God who calls you to go, He will be there for you and with you, and you will see a victory like what happened to me a few years ago. You see, a member of the church felt that the, his village is under a curse because there were a lot of sicknesses and addiction, premature death and also suicide, poverty and disunity. So he suspects that the, the curse could be due to a tribal war in his forefathers' generations, massive killings of another tribe. I was invited to the village to pray to end the curse. I sought God on this matter. My green light from God is, if this brother can find a representative of both tribes, especially the decimated tribe, that will be near impossible for him to find. So, if the representative cannot be found, then it's a clear indication that I will not you know, be able to conduct a reconciliation act to end the curse. But praise God, he found the representative who is in a, in a means of reviving the name of the lost tribe to be added into the state's tribal list. So with both representation of the tribes available together with the local villagers as witnesses, then I have the approval of God to lead the villagers into an act of repentance, forgiveness, and reconciliation. Now today, we receive testimony of what God has done and the victory that God has given to them. You know, I just, in fact, I just received this testimony from one of the elders of the community last week. He says that there was a spiritual breakthrough in the village church. You know, the attendance in the uh, church has increased. And, uh, you know, spirit of fear is lifted from the atmosphere. A spirit of death is removed. No more abnormal death. Unity restored among the young and the old leaders. Blessings are pouring in from the government side with new paved road, you know, street lamps installed, and electricity supply uh, is, you know, has reached the home and pipe in water is coming very soon. You know, they have better price for the harvest and new business initiatives have boosted the villagers' income. So praise God, when God paved the way, we are able to see that He is with us and for us to overcome every enemy's curses. So as servants and believers of Jesus Christ, we have been given authority over all powers of the enemy. I just want to encourage you what Jesus himself said in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. He says, Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority 
to trample over Satan's kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolute, absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in his authority. So the lesson we learn here is when you engage in spiritual warfare that God calls you or approves you to do so, Jesus has given you his authority to overcome every demonic power and nothing, you know, everybody say, nothing will harm you. Amen. Now let me conclude by reading verse 10. You know, it is still about warning against blasphemers in the church. In verse 10, it says, But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. What does this verse mean? The key note here is, we must not blaspheme out of our ignorance, always guard our mouth. So when you watch people who are blaspheming out of absolute ignorance, they have no knowledge of the truth. And so they just simply talk, you know, without using their mind. God has given us a mind. So let us not act instinctively, you know, and, and not react like an animal. Let us be sensible. Don't simply talk or chakap chakap kosong saja. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, Paul reminds us that, you know, how we should keep guard our mouth. And he says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, not only what is, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And read again, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, Paul says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So this is the advice. Don't say something wicked that could really insult God. That isn't nice. Remember to guard our mouth. So in summary, what are the warnings of Jude to the end time church? Number one, beware of false teachers who tell you to take the grace of God for granted. Number two, beware of carnality in the church. And thirdly, beware of blaspheming against God in our words and our deeds. So I don't want to compound, you know, a heavy message on warning, warning, but I want to encourage every one of us, including me, to keep our faith strong in the Lord. You may ask, how do we do that? You see, when we study the Word of God, we will not be led astray. That is why in SIBKL, we are unapologetic about the Word of God. When we are spiritual, we will not be carnal. That is why we pray and we join the prayer altars that we are building up 
and you know our spirit man, so we will not be carnal. Now, when we praise and worship the Lord our God and declare scriptures, so whatever comes out of our mouth, you know, is of God. We will be encouraging, and we will not blaspheme, uh, blaspheme God at all. So I want to encourage you to take this warning seriously, and don't be led astray, and don't be misled. Now, church, this is the end time. So let us be remind, reminded to start well and finish well. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. The Lord, you love us. That's why you're reminding us by giving us all this warning. And I pray, God, even as we have received your word, we will take, God, your word seriously and say, God, I want to draw nearer to you I want to build my faith, the Lord, to be strong in you. And I want the Lord to trust in you totally. Whatever the times of God, in good time, in difficult time, my faith in you will never wane. And therefore, Lord, I pray, even as we continue our journey of our faith, Lord, thank you, God, for helping us to start this journey. And I pray, the Lord, that we were finished well for your glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I want you to sing this meaningful closing song together with me as the worship team lead us in this song, I Know Who You Are. Lord, I know who you are. I can feel your grace and I know your love for me will never fade away. My hope is in you, for I know you are a good shepherd to me, and I will hear your voice, for I know who you are. You know, what a beautiful lyrics of the song. And I pray you will experience him daily and say, Lord, I know who you are. Let me give you the benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy to God our Saviour who alone is wise the glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever everybody says Amen